so huge so that's a it's a, all the rave it's october 12 2021 and uh, it seems like you know it's been a hell of a ride right this year has gone fast so darn quick am, am i right am i right now a lot is happening and today we could talk about how they're going to come for your money in your bank account. We could talk about how they're going to raise prices of your food. We could talk about a lot, but what we need to talk about is things that we're not supposed to be talking about because you get censored. We're going to talk about elections. Now that is something that I'm really into, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce you to Another Snowden, <laughs> but he get me with this. This isn't a guy you would normally think. This is a guy who, like me, <laughs> has been talking about this for a very long time. He's actually an expert in everything. In fact, years ago, overseas, boy, was he a thorn on Brennan's side. I can tell you that. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to kind of delve into it nicely and kind of figure out what's going on. I'm seeing that there's a happy birthday, Bobby, happy birthday. So where do we begin? I think we should, we should begin with um, Eric Coomer's deposition. I mean, that'll be interesting to watch, right? 
I think we should watch it. What do you guys think? I think it would be kind of awesome. So let's do that. Let's do just that. And uh, take a listen, watch. Here we go. This is going to be a lot of fun. Let's go. Steve, if you just, this is not part of the deposition, if you would just ask your client to do a sound check before we get started, that would be great. Sure, you bet. Check one, two, three. Sound check. Sounds good, Eric. Jana, can you hear me? I can, Charlie. Thank you. Morning, Barry. How are you? Morning, Charlie. Fine, thanks. How are you? Um, before we go on the record, Barry, uh, I anticipate if there's any issues on uh, the scope of the deposition, it's probably going to be the only thing that we may disagree on. But my plan was if, if I thought we were too far afield from the court order, I would just simply say um, scope or make a scope objection. And that would be um, an instruction uh, instruction to uh, Dr. Coomer that he's not to respond to that particular question. Okay, just so you guys know, this is Sidney Powell's deposition of Eric Coomer. Who's Eric Coomer? He's all over the patents of Dominion voting systems. You know, the one that Pulo supposedly invented in Seoul in 2018, but the patents are for 2014. Kind of sounds like there's an inconsistency of the stories. But this is a very long deposition, as you can see, five hours. So we're just going to see the introduction and skip through a little bit. Okay, I understand. Are you ready, um, Charlie? Yes, sir. Are you ready, Dr. Coomer? Yep. Okay, Janet. Um, if I could just put a little bit, a couple of things on the record before, or off the record, just a reminder that there is a transmission delay uh, so that when two people speak at once, it pretty much obliterates both speakers. Um, it looks like I'm going to be able to see who's speaking, except for maybe if there are objections that come in rather quickly, then you, it would probably help me if you would uh, speak, speak your name at, at first and then your objection. Um, at the end, I'll ask for your orders and um, if, um, and then you could let me know for, if people don't share, I will reduce the rates and and make it fair to both of us. So I'm not looking to get wealthy off of this. <laughs> uh, can I, uh, this is Blaine Kimry um, for OAN and Chanel Rion. Um, Mr. Kane and Mr. Arrington, can we get the stipulation that you just made on the record? Just because I want the record to be clear that when Mr. Coomer is being instructed not to answer, he's being instructed not to answer. Understood. And yeah, I will, think, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Barry. Understood. And we will put that on the record. And uh, I will also, I anticipate that every time that objection is made, I will uh, respond by asking uh, Dr. Coomer if he understands he's been instructed not to answer the question and if he intends to follow that instruction. Perfect. Just to clarify the very he addresses the Facebook posts and you're certainly entitled to go into that. Uh, I don't dispute that. Um, but the, the article itself has many things in it that are outside of those topics of that particular topic. That's the subject of the order. So I don't, I don't dispute that you have the right to ask him about the article. I do dispute that you have the right to, um, you know, conduct a, a full deposition, which we certainly haven't heard him for as to all of the facts in the article that are outside of the court's order. Well, you should have prepared him for this uh, for a, for a deposition 
that I said to, I said uh, on the record last Friday that I intended to ask him about the New York Times article and whether he said the things that he is uh, reported to have said. And the judge says, sure, you can inquire about each of those things. Does it, I'm, and I'm not addressing this to you, Mr. Kane, you've already spoken. Does anyone else on this Zoom call dispute that that's what the judge said? I, I would only make a record, or for my purposes, this is Gordon Queenan. I remember you asking if you could inquire into the article and the judge basically indicated that that was acceptable, but I don't specifically remember what she said. Uh, so they don't remember. They have amnesia. They didn't want, you know, anything talked about in the article, but they're going to ask about the article. So let's go to this article. Schumer, um, if he made uh, the statements that are attributed to him um, in the New York Times article, what you said to the court. Um, hey, uh, back off the record, off the record, Jenna. I'm not going to have Mr. Kane waste my time. Uh, I'll. I'll, I'll give you back this this comment. I, I'm not trying to waste your time. I, you can have the whatever the minute. Let, let him finish. His, can I finish my answer? I'm just letting you see how bad people respond. Okay, let me know when you need me to scroll. Page down. Recording in progress. So this is in reference to his Antifa support. Page down. The individual statements in the article. Page down. Well, that took less than 30 minutes, so I'm done. All right, so um, Jana, what was the last question? And so, I, and so I get to ask the questions, Dr. Cooper, and one of the questions I'm going to ask is which of these things in there specifically are whimsical, farcical, tug-and-cheek? And you said you needed to read the entire document before you do that. All right, are we, um, let's go back on the record. Barry, if you want to um, re-ask the question, that's obviously your prerogative. I wanted to see what the last one was. Okay, uh, back on the record, Dr. Coomer, we have um, exhibit P23 starting at page nine on the screen here. Do you see that? Yep. Okay, this is the, we're going to call this the Antifa Manifesto for short. Is that okay? Um, it's a document that has that title. Okay. Well, that's what we'll refer it to uh, as for short. It's an, ale it's an alleged manifesto okay you can characterize it if you like but we will refer to it as the antifa manifesto for purposes of our discussion today have you read the uh the uh antifa manifestation or manifesto just now word for word yes i have just just a few seconds ago correct well now we're we're coming up on a few minutes okay uh is is it fresh in your mind yes it is all the statements are fresh in your mind i couldn't uh recite it verbatim but yes, I understand the gist of the article. Okay. So which of the statements in the document are um, satirical? The, indiv the individual statements in the article are satirical. Okay. If you want to ask me about every individual sentence, we can do that. So I'm, I'm I will asking. wait for you to read each individual statement, sentence, and then I will tell you whether I think it's satirical. But let's try to make this easy on everyone. I think the document in totality is a satirical document as laid out in the opening paragraphs where it clearly states, also according to the FBI report that was released the day before, okay. that you're, Antifa... You're, you are now engaging in a filibuster wasting my time. So the question that's on the table that you're not responding to is which of the statements in the article... The document is satirical. Uh, hold on. Uh, object to the sidebar. Um, 
the question is which of the statements. So you're going to have to go through and identify which of these paragraphs or sentences or paragraphs you consider um, satirical and do that for the entire document. No, I don't have to do that, Mr. King. So I'm going to ask. Uh, no, you've asked the question. So Dr. Coomer needs okay. to. Are you, are you objecting? Are you objecting? Are you just doing a wild, wild west 1980s style deposition here? Do you, do you have an objection? If you don't, you need to be quiet, sir. Yes. You know, you're you can't asking me how to run my, my deposition. You, you absolutely cannot do that. Post, if you have an objection, you can put it on the record. Otherwise, you need to be quiet. Pose yeah. your question. Dr. Coomer, do you remember from your perusal of this document, reading it just a few minutes ago, any specific statement that you uh, thought was whimsical, satirical, uh, tongue-in-cheek, farcical? Yes. Okay, which ones? Okay, let's start at the top. Public statements from, in quotes, Antifa in response to the threats issued by United States President Donald Trump, I find satirical. Okay, what's, what's the next one? Dear Mr. Trump, I find satirical. Okay. Let, uh, please stop scrolling, sir. Let us be perfectly clear. Antifa isn't an organization. There's no membership, no meetings, no dues, no rules, no leaders, no structure. It is literally an idea and nothing more. I find that satirical because it's in direct contradiction of then President Trump trying to designate the organization that his own FBI said wasn't an organization as a terrorist organization. So I find those statements as satirical. You think that statement's untrue? You think Antifa is an organization? No, I don't. I think you the think, statement wait, wait, is wait, satirical. Okay. Do you think Antifa is an organization? No. Do you think there, that there is membership of Antifa? No, I do not. Do you think that Antifa has meetings? No, not that I know of. Do you think that people pay dues to Antifa? Not that I know of. Do you think people that uh, that Antifa has rules? Not that I know of. You think Antifa has leaders? Not that I know of. You think Antifa has structure? Not that I know of. So you do you disagree with anything that that statement says? What we just read? It's absolutely true, isn't it, in your, in your opinion? Uh, no, I didn't say it was absolutely true. Uh, to the can best of my knowledge, sir, can I finish, Let my, him finish. Can I finish my answer? Okay. Which, part of, which part of this is untrue that we just read? Something does not have to be untrue to be satire, sir. Okay, and it will, you, you, can, you can say that later on. I'm asking you which part of Antifa isn't an organization. There's no membership, no meetings, no dues, no rules, no leaders, no structure. Which part of that is untrue? Uh, as far as I know, my personal knowledge, none of it's untrue. Okay, so, you, so you're, even though those statements are true, you still think they're satirical. Do you want to keep reading the documents, sir? I'm ask, I've asked you a question. Yes, I do. Okay. And there are other true statements in this document that you think are satirical, correct? There are other statements in this document that I believe are satirical, yes. Okay, you changed the question. There are other true statements in this document that you think are satirical, correct? Possibly. I'd have to continue to read each individual statement, and we can do that. Okay. So um, can you can you remember any untrue statement in this document that you just read? Any untrue statement? I'm not asking you to read it again. I'm asking you if you can remember it. You read it a couple minutes ago. Do you remember I, any untrue statements? And I clearly said that I did not commit the entire document to memory. I understand that as well. What I'm asking you is do you have a specific rec recollection of any untrue statement in this document that you read a few minutes ago. 
Uh, yes, I believe mm -hmm. the author, after stating that there is no membership meetings or leaders, then proclaims to be a leader, even though he is not a leader that can release a manifesto. Let me ask you this. Uh, you don't think Antifa exists as an organization, do you? No, I don't. And therefore, I've seen no evidence of that. And therefore, in your view, it would be impossible by definition for there to be an Antifa call. Isn't that true? Correct. Let's move on. Okay, we're on page uh, two of Exhibit P18. Uh, it says, Coomer watched the video in shock. Did you tell the Times reporter that you watched the uh, video of Mr. Oatman in shock? Uh, since that's not in quotes, I'm not sure that that's an exact quote. Um, but I was shocked watching. Coomer is adamant that he never participated in any Antifa phone call. Did you tell the Times reporter that? Yes. And of course, in your opinion, it's impossible to, to participate in an Antifa phone call because Antifa doesn't exist, correct? I I also expressly stated multiple Sir, times. Sir, I've asked you a question. Uh, you can answer a different question when your counsel has his time. The question I have is, in your view, it's impossible to participate in an Antifa phone call because Antifa doesn't exist. No, it's impossible because I was never Recording never in progress. I was never, I was never on a call of Antifa. Okay, so you, you're now saying that it's possible to have an Antifa call, you just weren't on it? No, that's not what I said. I said I was never on a call with Antifa. Which is true as a matter of definition because Antifa doesn't exist, correct? In your view? To my, to my personal recollection, I don't know beyond my own sphere of day-to-day -day life. You don't I know what? Whether Antifa exists or not, I don't think it does because I've never come in contact with it. That's okay. not the same thing as that you're implying that I have somehow made a statement that is self-inflicted. I've never been on an Antifa call. Full is, it possible, is it possible for you to be on an Antifa call? I have no, me personally, no, because I'm not a member of that organization. Wait a minute, didn't he just say that that's not an organization? Wait a minute, wait, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've never been on an Antifa call. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, well, I haven't been on that, but I'm not part of that organization. <laughs> but you just said it's not an organization. This is so good. <laughs> His smug, stupid face. You should take your PhD and torch it. So, so it doesn't exist. Huh? Not that I know of. That's why I'm not a member. But you don't believe that it does. He's not a member of an organization According that doesn't exist. According to all of the evidence that I've seen, including from uh, the FBI under the Trump campaign, Trump presidency, they said it doesn't exist. I'll give them the credit. Okay, so did you tell the Times reporter that before you left for work on November 10, you checked the settings on your Facebook account? Yep. Did you wonder whether you had been careless? Yes. Um, did you think that your privacy settings had ensured that your posts were visible only to your Facebook friends? Yes, that's why I had them set. So everything in this paragraph, if you can just read this paragraph. Well, why don't it. you read it? You, you read the first part. Read this paragraph out loud, out, not out loud, but to yourself. And went to, to do the word it and tell me if it's true. Yes, that's true. You already admitted that they're an organization, <laughs> but said they weren't. This is so good. This is so freaking good. I'm sorry. We just have to like watch a little bit of this. Just okay, this squeeze uh, portion. Did you tell the Times reporter that you had 
considered yourself a skinhead in the 80s yes so it's true that you told the new york times reported that you told your, that you considered yourself a skinhead at one time at one time yes in the past asked and answered so in, in in 2000 did you tell did, did you in, in 2004 write a climbing board message about your struggles with heroin and cocaine yes and how much they had damaged your life addiction is a horrible disease yep did you tell the times reporter that you were uh, in 2004 you were on the verge of bankruptcy and had lost your marriage and ended up in prison after being charged with several counts of driving under the influence. I was actually never in prison. I was in jail. Other than that, you told the New York Times reporter everything that I just quoted? Well, the ones that are in quotes, yes. You, in fact, did file bankruptcy, correct? Like many uh, unfortunate Americans, yes. So did you tell the uh, New York Times reporter that in 2016, you were on Facebook when you came across a few posts? Um, well, let's stop. From, read to yourself from in 2016 to linking both songs and tell everything in sir everything in quotes are quotes from me that I said. So everything in article uh, in, in per, um, exhibit P18 that is attributed to you, you in fact told the New York Times reporter. Everything that's in quotes are quotes from me, and that is true for the rest of the article. Okay, Jenna, what time? How much time have we got? Well, up to the last break, you had been going 35 minutes, but then there were 13 minutes off of that. Now, let's see what we did. That's back to the recess. We go off the record? Yes, off the record. Let's get to the next good part. How many things back to um, exhibit um, 22, which we were looking at earlier, to exhibit 23? Uh, You've seen it today with 23 before, haven't you? I have. This is a series of about 80 Facebook posts? I've never counted. Okay. Um, but you've seen it before and you're familiar with it? Yeah. And you deleted all of these Facebook posts? Uh, actually, I'd have to, I'd, I'd actually have to go back and look. I, I, I can't say that for any certainty. There are some Facebook posts you didn't delete. Well, I certainly didn't delete all my Facebook posts. No. Let's talk about a particular time frame from, uh, May of 2020 to um, November 11th, 2020. Are there Facebook posts that you didn't delete? I did not delete. Absolutely. Well, actually, maybe. I'd have to go back and look. So you don't know how many Facebook posts you delete? Nope. Okay. And so there might be a lot more Facebook posts uh, on your Facebook from this time period of 2020 that you didn't delete? No. No, that I can say without a doubt. Um, I know that this is the sum total of Facebook posts that I had. I cannot tell you definitively which of these I deleted. None of the posts that I deleted are not contained in this file. Okay, so exhibit P23 contains all of the posts that you deleted. As well as other posts that I may not have deleted. I see. So I, um, sorry, I did not delete as far as I recall, I have never deleted a Facebook post until honor around November 9th. Anyone at Dominion tell you to delete these Facebook posts? No. Uh, did, uh, did you tell as an executive Dominion that it, anyone should delete Facebook posts? No. Uh, are you aware of a Dominion policy that, that uh, provides that uh, Posts of the Dominion employees, either for or against President Trump, should be deleted. No, 
you believe such a policy does not exist? Such policy does not exist as far as I know. Actually, that would, be, that would be illegal under Colorado statute. To do what? To have such a policy. I see. Okay. Um, your declaration goes on to say, I genuinely feared my own safety, was trying to remove information that I understood was being misconstrued and used to falsely suggest I was somehow involved in criminal conduct. So when you were deleting these posts, whichever one that you deleted, uh, you understood that someone could construe, uh, could misconstrue them as implicating you in, in wrongful conduct. Isn't that correct? No. Is that what you just said in your in your uh, declaration? No, that's slightly that's slightly parsed. They were misconstruing it to to set a narrative. I do not and never have believed that any of this uh, material could be used to construe that I was involved in a criminal enterprise. No. But do you believe it could be misconstrued, uh, that it could be used as evidence, misconstrued that you were engaged in wrongful conduct? I think it could be used to lie about it, yes. Not misconstrued, lied. Okay, let's go back to your... uh, Yes, my affidavit says misconstrued. Um, Maybe I should have had another sentence misconstrued and, and then used to lie about a criminal conspiracy. There is nothing in, I, I have never at any time felt that anything in that data, those posts, could ever be used to show criminal intent. No. Who just suggested that you modify your answer? Pardon me? Who are you looking at? Who, you looking at? Who did you just look at? I can turn my computer around. I looked at my screen, sir. I am the only person in the room that I'm in. Is anybody communicating with you during this deposition? Nope. My cats have meowed at me once or twice. So you um, were looking at your declaration again. It says you understood that these Facebook posts could be misconstrued to suggest. Falsely suggest. You're going to have to let me answer, ask my own questions, sir. You understood that these Facebook posts that you deleted could be misconstrued to suggest that you had been involved in wrongful conduct. Didn't you understand that? So I will repeat my answer. Misconstrued and then used to falsely suggest. So I explained that earlier in my clarification. They could be misconstrued and then used in lies. That's not the same as being misconstrued on their own. Understood. And so this was okay. evidence. This was evidence that you were worried would uh, would be uh, misconstrued and, and falsely used uh, to implicate you in wrongful conduct. So you got rid of it, right? I got rid of it because I was getting death threats, sir. Okay. Read the question uh, back to him, uh, court reporter. Listen very carefully to the question, Dr. Kuhn. So this was evidence that you were worried would be misconstrued and falsely used to implicate you in wrongful conduct. So you got rid of it, right? I deleted the Facebook post. Yes. This is just funny to watch his responses. He's got someone there with him. You can see it from the eyes and they called him out. It's just super fun to just watch his face. He's got someone standing behind the screen. (laughs) Okay. Are we tired of watching Eric Hoomer? I mean, there's some really good stuff. Hold on. Wait. Wait. Where do we go? Oh. You know what that acronym 
the slaughterhouse. Here, here we go. Do you want to answer seventy-two? It could be dozens. Could be three. We covered that. this earlier. I do not recall how many I deleted. I can say with absolute fact under oath that nothing I deleted does not appear here. So up to 80 Facebook posts you deleted. Is that what you're saying? No, that's not what I said. I said I don't recall the number I deleted. <laughs> so we're, we're on page four of exhibit uh, P23. Uh, please read that into the record. Starting with OK, OK. OK, OK. It was technically June, but I found out recently, and I so love a good Christmas in July. Christmas in June? I don't know. Fuck it. Good riddance, you shitbag. I'm glad you're dead. I hope it was painful, but you were probably dosed to high heaven with your own supply. Who were you talking about? Jonathan Sackler, the architect of the opioid crisis. One of you, you were glad that Jonathan Sackler was dead and you hoped his death was painful? As a personal sufferer of the opioid crisis. Uh, Mr. Coomer, I asked you a question. You can yes. Here. Yeah. I was happy. Yep. You think that the average um, typical corporate executive, high, high salaried, high ranking corporate executive in its 50s would be happy? that someone died and hope they died in a great deal of pain? I have to answer that question. I do have a former objection, but I think it's harassing and irrelevant. If you want to answer it, Dr. Kimmer, you can. One, I wasn't acting in the capacity of a high-ranking employee of a company. These were my personal statements based on my very personal experience with opiate addiction. Yeah. Yeah, what? I think these were reasonable statements. That a, that a typical high-ranking executive in its 50s might say. That's not what I just no. said. Okay. Well, my question is, is, very, is very specific. You say in your, in your brief that, uh, it, that a lot of what Mr. Oatman said was, was uh, absurd on its face because no high-ranking, uh, high-compensated executive would say something like that. Uh, I'm asking about this one. Would a high-ranking, highly compensated executive say something like that? I've seen lots of evidence of high-ranking executives from many companies doing reprehensible and illegal things. This is not illegal. So I would say the bar is very low. Do you think the typical high-ranking, high-compensated executive in his 50s would say something like what you said on page four? The typical it, wouldn't be out of, it wouldn't be out of the question, no. Nope. No, I'm not talking about whether it's out of the question on the fringe. I'm asking if it's a typical thing for a high-ranking, highly compensated executive in his 50s to say. Um, so, again, I can't speak to that. I think it's reasonable based. I, I think it's reasonable based on the evidence I've seen of high-ranking executive officials that have done lots of things. I actually don't know that many high-ranking executive officials in their 50s to know enough to posit an, uh, an answer to that. So it's your testimony sitting here today that you really can't speak to what's typical of high-ranking, highly compensated executives in their 50s? No. Okay. So let's go on uh, with um, this. We've got page 17. 
It says, this is a uh, May 31 Facebook post. Did you post this, sir? Yes. Is this one of the ones that you deleted? Again, I'd have to, I'd have to cross check. I don't know. You don't know. Okay. It says, oi polloi pigs for slaughter. You know what pigs for slaughter is referring to? Are they talking about literal pigs in your view? They could be. Um, it could be. So you think that, that oi polloi pigs for slaughter is about uh, the, uh, the slaughterhouse industry? I actually don't know. It's been a while since I uh, looked at the lyrics. Okay. So it's your testimony sitting here under the oath, under oath today that you think oi polloi might be thinking about the actual slaughter of actual pigs. Is that what your testimony under oath today is? Uh-huh. No, I said I didn't know without seeing the lyrics. Oh, he didn't know, but he posted it anyway. So let's shift gears. Let's kind of do an expose on elections. But before we do that, we need to look. You know what's so weird? I'm gearing up to do something so extraordinary in, in the next like couple weeks. You know, I have that lawsuit against Dominion coming up, right? <laughs> on the 18th. And there's like so much going around. And what do we see every time I'm about to throw fire, right? And I did throw fire, right? I threw fire in July when I exposed that Biden and Obama, while in office, were using fraudulent emails. And that shit's coming on the heel of stuff. But now what I'm about to do is three different things as me, Tori, let alone what we the people are doing, right? There's things that I'm doing that a lot of people don't know I'm doing. That's why I'm traveling tomorrow. And I can't speak to that. But Hit pieces galore, you guys. Media Matters is scathing. And with the Twitch leak, they were like, oh, my God, Tori makes so much money. In two years, she made 150000 It's like, stop. I like Twitch. But in order to use Twitch servers and to have their benefits, you pay for the service. So for every $5 subscriber, I make $2.50. So in actual fact, I made $49,000. Out of that, $24,000 goes to one contractor, another 12,000 goes to another contractor. I have to pay for servers. I have to pay for everything. I'm left with pretty much diddly squat. You know where I'm making money? Subscribe star. And I don't have a lot of subscribers. Actually, they drop a lot and I understand it. But now I'm getting ad revenue somewhere else and I can't say where. And obviously I get like a couple hundred dollars from Google. But why are they attacking me? Like I've made some crazy amount of money. Like I'm penny pinching all the freaking time, right? So why are they upset with me? I'm working 24 fucking seven and I made a total in my pocket for myself, $6,000 over six months shot up from Twitch. That's like left over, like stop, stop. Who lives off of $6,000 and has two places to pay for, right? Cause you know, I'm paying for that for the other apartment because I'm locked in lease here for my daughter to go to school, right? Which hopefully by May, I'll be out of the one lease and I'll only have, I'll, I'll just make my oldest daughter <laughs> an adult and be like, hey, take your mom and let's live together. Um, so it's like really sad that they're attacking someone for working their ass off. Wait, you have to see these articles though. I'm constantly called a Q, anon, whatever, whatever. And like I've said this before, we have people in our groups everywhere. And everyone's like, oh, tell me who they are. And it's like, no, you're going to see it yourself. Some of them have even posed, right? 
as people that work to file these lawsuits. And I, and I told some of the head people that, you know, who did this, right? Scathing, scathing. So I need to like pull up all these articles because you guys have to see it. We have to watch them together. Um, so they did a huge, huge hit on me. Business Insider did a hit on me. What does that tell you? They work hand in hand with media matters. So here we go. I am apparently, and it's like a pretty cool logo. I might take it. So I am, I am, I am, I can't. QAnon influencer. First of all, the QAnon losers have all disavowed me, right? Why are they saying this, right? Why are they saying this? They've totally dis. I mean, why does everybody keep calling me Q something? Didn't Q make an HBO? <laughs> I can't even say that with a straight face. But here's what they, it, they even like said, oh, she was at a meeting that Bannon was in. So, <laughs> so I could have been riding on a train with you, loser. What does that mean? What does that tell you? Are you upset? So here it is. Q non-conspiracy theorist. Uh, effort involved the widow of Senator Fred Thompson. Thanks for the free advertising because people are going to see we're not taking it. Um, she appeared in a 2020 conspiracy theory film called Shadowgate. Thanks for the shout out. Created by a QAnon supporting former info. So now Millie Weaver's QAnon supporting info. <laughs> This is so great. She was cited as a witness before Supreme Court by Sidney Powell as part of Powell's efforts to overturn the 2020. But they didn't say that I'm actually taking fucking Dominion to court. And so I wonder why they slipped that. And then late September, she apparently attended a meeting involving former Trump advisor Steve Bannon. Stop. Stop. Stop it. <laughs> this is like such a reach. Okay. So this is the introduction to this, right? And then it's like, Tor has always also been previously convicted of filing and consumer protections law in North Dakota. $300 that turned out to be mine. And there was no victim if they actually read the case. And she has been made and she's made a significant amount of money streaming on Twitch, which by the way, we should look at that article, which is super fun. Um, which says here, Twitch streamer who has been linked to QAnon conspiracy theory appears to have made 150000 in two years. And look what it says here. Um, gross. 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 This, I don't even, <laughs> these are the ad revenue, right? This is gross. Gross. That means I get half. Okay. That means I get half. Th those are the rules. And I get it because Twitch has to pay for their servers, right? That shit's expensive. The bandwidth, the, the, the ability for us to share. I get it because I'm like paying for a service, but also getting paid because I'm streaming. Makes sense. And I'm totally fine with that. So this is, <laughs> this is all I mean. So you need to cut that by 50%. All the rules of Twitch are on there. So then we're talking 75,000 if we're going by their numbers of 150, which is really a stretch because it's 130,000. But anyway, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, and then you have to take off 35% for taxes, right? <laughs> And then everything that I pay for just my looking glass website cost me a hundred dollars a month because there's so much shit on it. So it's like, this is so insane that they would come after me and they're like $109,000 Patreon. You know how much I make there? $102 a month. YouTube revenue. I don't get shit, right? They've blocked me. So that's bullshit.
84 non-twitch for birthday, according to a Times report. Dude, they're really hard. And they're still using this name, which is misspelled. So that's fine too. But this is what they're doing. They reached out to Twitch to tell them my business. Like, why would they do that? That's none of your business. Then they also quoted, they reached out to me for a quote. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. So let's go back to Media Matters that was scathing because they were really upset. Okay. So since September, Tor has turned her attention to coronavirus prevention mandates. Yep. That's what you think. In early September, she filed a lawsuit against the Ohio school district. She filed a request for written mandamus before the Ohio Supreme Court, you know, to block government wine or any agents requiring anyone to, in the state to take vaccine, provide DNA sample, and wear medical device. On her show and her filing, she's claimed legal justification for her case. Uh, yeah, I did. And it's right. Her filing also, <laughs> see this troll? It's so fucking beautiful. Her filing also includes an exhibit Q, potentially a reference to QAnon. <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is so good. So good. See, they're in the Ohio group. I told Nick that. So to help her legal case, she's urged people in the state to send affidavits claiming they have also been hard. Um, they have. Um, and then here's a clip of her explaining how to send her affidavits. Then um school meeting, right? School meeting in the group so I can scroll back and find you. See, these are these are what they're doing in the Ohio groups. They're doing it in every single group. And that's why when people get bitchy that they're kicked out, is because they're gonna lose income for being spies. Another group member promoted Tory's Ohio legal funds. The page for the legal fund also provides a link to donate by the payment. Yeah, that's the Ohio people that are doing it. So it's not me, uh, but that's fantastic. I'm already banned, you know, um, from all of these. <laughs> so um, Tory's efforts had not been limited to Ohio. She's created telegram groups, each 50 states, and she uses them to urge others to replicate her work. On a show on September 20th, Tori explained her plan, saying, I want the majority of states finding the same damn thing, talking about their rights being infringed before petitions go to force the court to move. I have 26 states filing mandamuses against their own governors under the same reason. Then, boom, it's done. Mm-hmm. She also urged listeners to get in the state groups. She created saying she wanted one brave person in your state to file the writ and the rest of you can file affidavits in support of that writ. You know what they hate? That they have activists, right? Right? They have them that burn, torch, and kill people and they're pissed because we're using the law. Mm-hmm. Wait till they see what's coming. <clears throat> <laughs> Look at these Tory invoking QAnon slogan while urging her state telegram. Like, this is so sad. Like, who is this dude again? Alex, what? Fuck, what a loser. I really like this picture, though. It looks pretty hot. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, they didn't like this. And then they put Jerry Thompson. She's a great proponent of liberty. She said, uh, conversations like, yeah, we have people, 38 out of 50 states, written mandamus is against government, Justice Kavanaugh, we're coming full speed ahead. And they're like really pissed. And then they'd start trashing Byrne. He paid for this and he's like, no, no, no. And then he called her Q 2.0, kind of a mass movement. <laughs> yeah, point one kind of got hijacked. So uh, <laughs> this is so good. The early Earlier this year, she organized an effort to target public officials falsely claiming that they were not legitimately elected due to the voter fraud. Oh, no, no, no. That was a test run, baby. 
oh, wait till you see what the people are doing. You have no idea. See, we're letting them see a lot, a lot, right? But they have no idea uh, what's coming. They have absolutely no idea what's coming. And that's what's amazing. They have no idea what's coming. And that's so cool because they can watch this train wreck coming and they can't stop it. So all they're going to do is trash and say, don't look there. She's doing this. <laughs> don't look there. She's doing this. And it's like the fact that they keep saying QAnon is if it's a bad thing. Look, I'm nothing like those losers. See, here's the thing. You go into one of these crazy QAnons like Mel Q, Jordan Sather, Matrix, and all these other losers, right, that really are nothing right? And you put my name, you're banned because I'm not associated with QAnon. I mean, right? I mean, stop it. Stop. Stop. This is so good. So I didn't know that I would enjoy being trashed so much. I freaking love it though. There's a shit ton of that going around. And so then they try to be like, yeah, let's just show them how much money she's making. And it's like, yeah, it's not that much. But thanks. It's a great try. And I hope it becomes bigger because then I can get more people that support my work. So that way I don't have to keep penny pinching and freaking out every time I have a legal filing to do or I have to travel somewhere. Like I know that California wants me to come out there because there's something going on. And I'm just like, shit, I don't know if I could do it because the flights are expensive. That's true. Uh, there's been other times, you know, that I've had that conversation. It's okay. It's so okay. It's so okay. Look, people, let's put it this way. They just put you on the map. You, the people, people are watching now and they know that you're coming and they know that there's nothing that can stop what's coming because <sighs> truth, you unleash it. It's like a freaking lion. There is nothing that can stop it. And that's the way it is. All you have to do to see the shills of QAnon is post Tory. Right? You're instantly banned. Instantly. 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 They're just upset that I'm not selling coins and shit. You know, I'm actually quite lucky that I'm doing well on the little day trading sometimes. That's only if I have time. Like today, you guys... I had like zero time. You all know our great Dane passed away last night. It's been extremely stressful for Hera, right? Just so you understand, a day in Tori's life, right? So this morning I get up, we're all distraught. I have to, I found an alternate kitty hotel to take my kitty because I will be mobile. And so Penny pinched on that one, like how to do it. I even brought the food so I don't get charged more. Um, I haven't even packed my bag and I'm leaving tomorrow morning because I haven't had time. It was a nightmare getting my daughter's um, keys. Uh, I had to do a lot of things that the agent didn't do. So I was in a house with the Stanley steamer and there's no carpet. It's wood. I'm going to whoosha for a second. Okay. So there I am standing all day and then sitting on a stool. The highlight of my day was using um, a coupon and a gift card that I had gotten from someone, I think it was like a year ago during Christmas. And I used it to get rotisserie chicken from Boston market. Kid you not. And I had rotisserie chicken standing in the new kitchen right? while I was working on three different things. And then I was supposed to have, um, a few phone calls. I had most of them, but I missed one that I wanted to do. It had to do with Hunter. I mean, we're coming for that one. We haven't forgotten that. We're working on that. We also have, 
you know, the documentary that's coming out now, now they can solve that. No, you know, media matters is going to be part of that bitch too. So, you know, it's, it's kind of funny, you know, how my life is so hectic. It's eight 30 at night, right? Eastern time. I have to pack my bags. I have to make sure that my car is charged. So if I leave it at the airport, it's alive, right? When I get back, um, I have so much stuff to do. It's like so insane. And yet I'm supposed to be, you know, bad, bad, bad. I am lucky though. See, God has brought forward people to do the work they need to do. Right. And that's, what's good. There's a lot of people out there that are, that are ready to fight for their country. And you don't have to use your fists. You don't have to use guns. You don't have to use, you know, violence, right? All you have to do is use the laws that we have. And it's so incredible because when I see people standing up the way they are, right? Uh, the way they're just, it's so incredible because I see some of the groups where they're like, who else can we see? Let's go. Let's go. I'm just like, yes, this is how you win. These idiots out there have been using the courts to annihilate us. They've been creating laws that rape us financially and mentally, right? They take away every single right we have, right? And then they get upset when we're using it. Judges are dismissing cases with no prejudice because that would be <laughs> a really big problem, but not telling people why they're dismissing. That's okay. So for those of you that are getting dismissals, I'm happy you are because when we're getting approvals in some places, dismissals on different grounds, we get answers. Remember that just because someone says no, doesn't mean that you lost. That is a win. That is a win because then we use it for the next one. That's how you feel out your enemy. I mean, the quo warrantos, that shit taught us a lot. Taught me a lot here in Ohio. I can tell you that. Taught me a shit ton, which I'm allowing to lapse in time because it's all about timing and doing it right, right? I mean, if you got a couple bullets that are direct hits, you know, they've got to be direct hits. And this is the direct hit. You wait, you wait, you wait, you got the information, then you pounce. Once you have it, timing is everything. And speaking of timing, let me introduce you to this guy. I'm going to take you back in time, though, and introduce you to this guy. Should I go? Um, I should go. He's a young guy, super nerd, right? And I saw him the first time come out back in 20, uh, I think it was 2011 or 2012. I have this video from 2012, but I heard about him from the Obama administration when he was really up there, but jeans, right? And he was concerned because he was working the global circuit and, you know, Ukraine was coming up and this was going to be a problem. So I'm going to show you some stuff that you probably didn't understand. Then, then maybe the video that I showed you that Steve Bannon had on this guy, it'll make sense more. You know, there was this lawyer talking about this guy, Halderman, this professor in Michigan. Well, you should see this because this guy is your new Snowden. You just don't know it yet. Okay. You seriously just don't know it yet. And this guy has testified in Congress and he currently has a detailed document as an expert 
having testified in front of Congress under seal because he doesn't want anyone who's like challenging elections to get it in their hands. Mm. Uh, so that's weird. Why would, why would any judge hide information like that? That's so weird. Maybe we should all like <laughs> write letters to someone in Georgia and say, what the fuck is going on? If you have information that our elections are not secure, why is it being hidden under, who are these judges and why are they still on a bench? So, oops, did I slip on plans? Damn it. <laughs> Here we go. Allow me to introduce you to Alex Halderman. I'm Professor J. Alex Halderman from the University of Michigan. In my research in computer security, I've seen how computing technology has quietly transformed the fundamental machinery of democracy. The way we cast our votes, the way our votes are counted, the way we choose who will lead. Most U.S. states and many other countries now use electronic voting machines like this, and many are now considering moving to voting over the Internet. But what are the risks? In this course, I will explain how hackers can compromise electronic voting machines and internet voting to steal votes, compromise the secret ballot, and change the outcome of elections. My research team has demonstrated many of these threats in actual voting machines used in real elections. We'll learn to understand the security threats and what election technology can and can't do safely. Finally, we'll come to see where technology has the potential to make voting easier and more secure than ever, if used properly. With the upcoming American presidential election, it's critical for citizens to get involved in the democratic process and understand what makes their votes count. This course will provide the technical foundation and public policy perspective to do just that. I'm J. Alex Halderman, and I hope to see you in class. Yeah. And that was from 2012 because, you know, Obama stole those elections because he had to deal with Mitt Romney. Remember those emails and Hunter Biden's laptop that kind of said, yeah, he already knew he won at the end of October. And, and Joe Biden was really pissed because why did he give Mitt Romney to make that happen? Shit. Right. So that was from 2012. Wait, there's more. Here's the one that really miffed out. Barack Hussein Obama. He was actually very upset about this one. So this should be shown. This sounds so good. Here he is in Estonia talking about election meddling. Oh, shit. Here we go. The signed ballot. Next, though, Estonia has a, a feature that's been introduced just in the last few years that lets you do something uh, that they, they call verification. So the last thing the election client software does is it shows you this QR code. And the QR code contains two things, um, a ballot ID and um, the random coins that were used to pad the uh, ballot before RSA encryption. Um, using those things, you can use a smartphone application, and this is now available for iOS and, and uh, Android, to scan the QR code the um, app then uh, queries the election servers, and the servers send back an encrypted ballot with the signature stripped off. So this is claiming, the server is claiming that this is the ballot it received from you. Okay, at that point, using the uh, random coins that it got from the QR code, the smartphone app can try to brute force your ballot choice. Um, it can uh, try each possible choice until it finds one that encrypts to the same thing. 
Okay, then it, it finds a matching one and it displays the resulting candidate. Um, as a safeguard against coercion, uh, this validation procedure can only be done up to three times and it can only be done for up to 30 minutes after the ballot is cast. Otherwise, uh, someone who wanted to coerce you could just uh, say, here, show me uh, your verification. Interestingly, as another safeguard against coercion, you have the ability to replace your vote as many times as you want up until uh, the in-person election. So you just do the process again and your new vote takes the place of your old vote. Only the most recently cast is counted. All right, so that's the verification process. Now, how does counting work? Counting is interesting in the Estonian system because it's basically just trying to do the cryptographic analog to um, the double envelope absentee ballots that uh, are used in many countries. Basically, with a double envelope absentee ballot, you have an inner security envelope that contains your ballot, envelope no published descriptions in English that uh, cover the uh, the entire thing prior to our our study we had to okay so here's 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 the um, <laughs> here's the sauce this is where they lost their shit because <laughs> um, he'd been going around doing all these things and he was talking about this is him in 2014 in Estonia and this is um, uh, quite fascinating how you need to listen to the verbiage. Now, I've co coined him a Snowden. He's not your typical type, right? There's a lot of Snowdens. You know, this guy, unbeknownst to him, and maybe he's just a really good psyoper, um, He's just doing his job. He is an expert at these things. He's been investigating security, uh, and he is in the, he's actually an expert, okay? And I want you to pay attention to what he says here. Actually ask people and review the source code and all of that in order to get a good idea of what was really happening. The next question, though, after you understand how the system works, is what threats does it face? And... Um, Really, um, we've reviewed already some of the problems with uh, with internet voting, you know, insider attacks by dishonest election officials, people coercing the voters, malware on the client. But who else would want to attack such a system? Well, um, Estonia brings some particular examples to mind. Um, because, first of all, Estonia, very notably, was hit in 2007 by some of the... Um, earliest examples of um, what, what many observers considered to be state-on-state -state cyber warfare, when they suffered large-scale denial-of-service attacks against uh, uh, national infrastructure from groups associated with Moscow. Secondly, just this past summer, um, Ukraine had uh, its um, uh, post-revolution election. And during that election, there were widespread attacks against the election infrastructure itself. Now, that election wasn't conducted online, um, but the tabulation process, the process of bringing together all of the results from across the country, relied on networked computers to uh, receive votes and uh, publish the totals online. Um, that process was reportedly attacked by uh, groups thought to be linked to Russia as well, who attempted to discredit the election, and I, I read, even attempted to cause it to release the wrong results. Um, so all of this became public this last summer.
I mean, this leads me to believe that the right threat model for an internet voting system has to include sophisticated state-level attackers who might want to influence the national result. And for a country like Estonia, you know, an EU and NATO member that borders Russia, there are probably many sophisticated state-level attackers who might want to say in its future alignments. All right, so with that threat model in mind, let's evaluate the design of Estonia's system. And there are two components of the Estonian design um, that um, just by reviewing the design, you can tell, are implicitly trusted components. And, you know, in security, when we say something is trusted, we mean basically that if it's hacked into, we're shit out of luck. So that's what we mean by trusted. These two components are the voter's client and the counting server. And let me tell you why both of these are um, uh, uh, potential vulnerability points or serious vulnerability points in the Estonian design. Well, let's start with the client. So the voter's client in Estonia um, potentially could be compromised by client-side malware. So here's a simple design for malware and something we actually implemented in the lab. Um, to implement these attacks, by the way, we've reproduced the complete Estonian system in our laboratory using their server-side source code, their documented procedures, and by reverse engineering the client to change it to talk to our servers and use our keys instead of the official ones. So we set up a complete mock election in the lab, and we have VM images on our website if anyone wants to try playing with it in their lab. Anyway, so imagine you have a voter's client and you're able to get some malware onto it. That malware could just basically tap in to the election client process and steal the uh, voter's PIN as it's typed in during the real election. Then later, the voter puts in their national ID card, say to bank online, uh, that malware can just invisibly in the background use that stolen PIN to cast a replacement vote. The voter never finds out, the vote is changed, and um, the, uh, uh, the attacker is able to steal one vote by that procedure. Now, there are two big questions here, how to infect clients and how to defeat that verification app. So how to infect clients? Well, we have to leave this a little bit to the imagination because uh, we didn't have uh, you know, a, a pre-existing botnet infecting thousands of computers in Estonia to play with, but other people do. And uh, so one way, that's one way you could easily imagine changing thousands of votes. Another way would be by, uh, if you were, say, the NSA, you have your stockpile of O-days, you just uh, attack some popular um, website or application used in Estonia, and thereby infect people's clients with the malware. A third way might be to smuggle in malicious code with the official voting application which is something we know that everyone who's voting online in Estonia is installing just prior to the election. Anyway, there are various ways you might infect the clients. Then how to defeat the verification app? Well, this turns out not to be all that complicated because um, thanks to their anti-coercion schemes, remember this tension between integrity and valid secrecy, thanks to their anti-coercion schemes, the uh, verification app um, uh, can only be used for 30 minutes after the election is over, so after the vote is cast. So all we need to do is wait. If that doesn't work, if that's too suspicious, we could also try a hybrid attack involving a malicious Android app and uh, compromising the voter's client. 
Thanks to the convergence of these platforms, it really isn't so hard to believe anymore that someone could simultaneously and in a correlated way attack both. Anyway, there are various ways to do both of these things. We can move on and look at the server side too. Now the server side, the Achilles heel of the system is this counting server. It's the only thing that gets to manipulate the um, unencrypted votes. And nobody ever sees those votes, they just see the output. So if the counting server... Oh my gosh, it totally sounds like the shit I said. ...lies, right? If the counting server lies, then it can just arbitrarily say what the election outcome is. But they tried to make it pretty hard to manipulate the counting server. It's air-gapped, it's built before the election, it's sealed, it's uh, in a safe somewhere. We have to imagine that it's fairly difficult. So somehow you need a way to tamper with the uh, performance of code on that machine. Now, we experimented with and actually built a tool chain to do this and compromise that machine uh, even with the security procedures they have in place. So our tool chain um, basically draws on the idea uh, from Ken Thompson's reflections on trusting trust, which says that even if one system is secure, right, you needed some other system to build it, right? And you needed some other system to build that one. So if you follow that chain, eventually you'll come to some place that the attacker has access to. So in our um, investigation, we found out that the way they build that machine for the counting server, it runs, uh, I, I think, a Debian variant. And uh, that is installed from a DVD. That DVD is burned in a separate development machine that is built uh, before the election and actually downloads a fresh copy of Debian from the web and uh, burns the DVD. So let's assume we can step back a few, um, a, a few uh, levels from the counting server and compromise that dev server. It is on the internet. It is built before the video recording starts what? at the beginning of the election. It is? Let's say we can get some malware on that. So we built a demonstration where that malware infects the uh, uh, installation CD that's burned, um, uses a rootkit to lie about the, uh, the SHA-1 hash of that uh, uh, ISO image because they are checking it. And uh, then that uh, compromised DVD proceeds to install some backdoor code into the counting server when it's built. Oh, no At that shit. point, changing votes is really easy. No All way. we have to do um, is uh, intercept um, some code in the counting server that uses an attached HSM to do the decryption of each vote and uh, basically look at what comes back from the HSM and replace it with a vote of our choosing. This way, it takes approximately the right amount of time. The HSM uh, decrypts the real votes, but the results are fraudulent. Okay, so these are two attacks that rely a little bit. Damn, where have you heard that before? <laughs> Sounds funny. So I, I should just share with you who this guy is. Give me a second, and I'll tell you why. Is this it? This one. There we go. Let me see if you guys can see it. Yeah? No. This is what I need. Can you see that? Let me show you. Because you guys need to see this. Give me a second. Let me try to find the window again. Oops. Um, that's not the one that I'm sharing. Where's the one that I'm sharing? Oh my gosh. That's not the one that I'm sharing. 
There we go. This is the one that I'm sharing, right? Let me just check. Am I? <laughs> Let me just check because I'm like lost. Yes. Okay. So this is Alex Halderman's declaration in the district court of the Northern District in Georgia. He says, all these things, this is his declaration, everything. And he says, it helps jurisdictions that are procuring new equipment to make better informed purchases. It ensures vendors of other equipment may suffer from similar problems, yada, 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 yada. It informs test laboratories and regulators, such as U.S. Election Assistant Commission, the ESA, about gaps in established testing methodologies. It also helps inform policymakers, such as state legislators and U.S. Congress, which is now considering several measures to overhaul election cybersecurity. However, it's important to make findings, blah, 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 blah. So he is expressing that he is filing this declaration, which, by the way, is under seal. Okay. And he has put it there under seal because he doesn't want people to take it and abuse it. And he says, I'm preparing my expert report in this case, and it's a shit ton of pages long. I did not anticipate that it might become public immediately. Given the court's existing protective order as such, the report contains some specific details that might be dangerous in the wrong hands. I would be happy to prepare an abridged version that removes this information if the court sees fit. I have been attempting since January through plaintiff's counsel to meet with Dominion to confidentially discuss the vulnerabilities in my employer. However, Dominion has yet to agree to meet. It would be dangerous to provide Dominion with a complete report if it were then disclosed through discovery in the company's various ongoing defamation suits to anyone who might misuse it. So I'm not sharing it publicly because then it's going to help people that are in defamation suits sue them like they're going to be sued right they're being sued so they can use it against them and say oh you're not so good you're not a very good cat so we need to talk because you have all these problems and you knew about it so they won't meet with him well believe it or not um oops i'm trying to get screen up. Give me a second. Share. There we go. So the Daily Beast actually did an article on this and it says judge seals reports on voting machine vulnerability. A judge in Georgia election security lawsuit is working to tamp down voting machine conspiracy theories, but by sealing a court, but sealing a court file could stoke the controversy even more. It's a kind of report that could be weaponized by those looking to cast a doubt on U.S. election results. A cybersecurity analysis found flaws in Georgia's voting machine. Was it in West Brunswick? Was it? Stop it. And warns about the potential for future outbreaks. Oops. I mean, attacks. But the federal, you know, it's like a pandemic, right? It, it was just an infection of those, not everybody else's. Because, you know, yeah, we had that problem in Michigan, but we ultimately like turned it around for Trump, even though we had given it to Biden first because someone at the election board kind of said something and we got caught. But anyway, I digress. But a federal judge has sealed the report and her attempt to shield the public from bad faith efforts to undermine the 2020 election could instead fuel the conspiracy theory dumpster fires and keep the voting machine maker from figuring out how to fix it. 
the 25,000 word report commissioned by election integrity groups does not touch on the 2020 results at all. But the report authored by a University of Michigan computer science professor who has testified numerous times on Capitol Hill about U.S. election selection security. J. Alex Holderman. Isn't it funny how they have two names? I'm just saying. Claims that Georgia's ballot marking devices, BMDs, suffer from specific highly exploitable vulnerabilities that allow attackers to change votes despite the state's purported defenses, all by using malware. I think that I've showed you on Twitter while the elections were happening how I could just hack Georgia's thing through their Kyocera printer. Remember? Uh, Not so tight, right? Let's just continue this. In a public court document, Halderman urged that his report be shared with the Georgia election officials and the voting machine manufacturer to address the vulnerabilities it describes before attackers exploit them. Halderman wrote his report after he was given 12 weeks of access to an unused Dominion ICX voting machine, according to court documents. Several sources who spoke on the condition of the anony- uh, uh, on, on the condition of anonymity told the Daily Beast that the secret report makes two points. Hacking these specific ballot marking devices is easier than previously believed, and Georgia does not have a process in place to catch it if it ever happens. Georgia voters face an extreme risk that ballot marking device based attacks could manipulate their individual votes and alter election outcomes. Halderman wrote in a signed declaration on August 2nd, while Halderman's claims are unverified, don't address the 2020 election and provide no evidence that anyone has taken advantage of the alleged vulnerabilities. Their mere existence will likely be enough for many to stop the steel advocates who believe the 2020 results were Ill- illegitimate despite no evidence of widespread voter fraud, which perhaps is why U.S. District Court Judge Amy Tottenberg made the report a confidential document. At a recent hearing, Tottenberg sealed the report, citing a strong reluctance to draw any public scrutiny to the sensitive details in the case. Kind of sounds like me and Dominion in closed chambers, I'm just saying. Tottenberg would not even allow an election integrity group to openly advocate for disclosure of the report, according to a transcript of the July 26 court hearing obtained by the Daily Beast. Instead, the judge asked that any such argument be filed in secret under seal. <laughs> there are so many other ways to educate the public besides trying to use this case, Tottenberg warned on the call. I'm at the end of my rope about that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Article 3 says you need to shut the fuck up. And when there's something that allegedly has violated the First Amendment right of the citizens of Georgia and every other state, that it is your duty to release that information. I don't see why she's still on the bench. Wait, it gets better. The worry appears to be that this report could fuel baseless accusations by Trumpists who are locked in court battles with Dominion. Federal judges in other states have tossed out multiple instances of the so-called Kraken lawsuits, alleging Dominion conspired with foreign countries to rig the election. Meanwhile, Dominion has filed defamation suits against Fox News, Newsmax, One American News Networks, and the former chief executive of Overstock.com.
I'm concerned about the information contained in it. I have seen how this can blow up, said the judge that shouldn't be on a bench because she's hiding vital information about election integrity, which violates our First Amendment right because it suffocates our voice if people are stealing it or hacking it. Tottenberg decided to limit circulation of the report, opting to keep it to attorney's eyes only. Hmm. You don't say. And away from engineers at Dominion itself, out of a concern that exposing it to company employees would make it a subject to disclosure and other litigation. Oh, I see. I'm concerned enough about the information contained in it. I have seen how this can blow up. You mean you can see how Georgia's elections are necessary to have an audit. Ooh, that decision can stoke conspiracy theories. Expert in the right-wing media ecosystem also concerned that any information about potential issues with voting machines might be exploited. <laughs> uh, run, 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 run. This judge has gone above and beyond what Article 3 says. If there is, you know, and you know what I hate? I, well, you know, I hate the word hate. Loathe is better. People are like, she's a Trumper and she's just going after Dominion. It's like, um, while Trump was in office, I was still bitching about machines that were rigging elections. Before he went into office, I was talking about rigged machines. You know what? Ah, shoot. Um, riddle me this. Riddle me this. So... 2016, the elections happened, right? Let's have an honest conversation here. 2016, the elections happened. And Hillary Clinton was like shocked that she lost. Remember? She had won the popular vote. And it was bullshit that Trump was in office. Now, let me ask you a question. With the whole media on their side, keep it this way. All of the media on their side. Pay attention. All of the media is on their side. Everyone loved Barack Hussein Obama. They even flirted with the idea of giving him a third term. So again, with all of that on their side, why didn't they request a recount? Hmm? Why didn't they request a recount? I mean, they could have rigged it, right? They rigged it, but they still lost because they couldn't rig it in its entirety. So one has to ask, why didn't they ask for an audit? Could it be that someone had pictures or evidence where these closets were that were going into the node of the server, deploying all these, you know, algorithms? Could it be that for 22 months, some person out there might have had that evidence and they knew that person had that evidence and they couldn't find that fucking evidence? I'm just saying, could it be? that they didn't want the audit because they would have gotten caught because there could have been video, audio, and pictures. I'm just throwing out a hypothetical, of course, right? This allegedly, hypothetically speaking. So, you know, obviously for 22 months, you keep the data. So after 22 months, you know, that person could have been like, all right, bitches, buy with that data because it's dangerous to have tangible such evidence. I'm just saying, could it be? That shit like that would happen. And that in 2017, 
you know, they went targeting target hardcore, hardcore, hardcore to where it all came down. Spying, colonoscopies, still couldn't find that shit. They needed that hallelujah, couldn't find it. I'm just saying, what if there was evidence? So much evidence that, you know, like, for example, it's not like you're just going to videotape people sitting there deploying these codes. You're going to have the location data. You're going to have random people in the video so you can verify they're there. You're going to ask them to stream on Instagram, you know, posing while you're videotaping it. So it could be multiple everywhere, right? You can be taking pictures, video, audio. You can have friends hanging out in Georgia when they panic, you know, shit like that. I'm just saying it could be that they knew that someone had evidence and they got caught. So they were like, we can't audit. So instead, we're going to remove him by saying the Russians did it. And we're going to do all of this because we got caught on other shit. But if we start opening up this and contesting the elections for Hillary, then maybe someone has the goods. And maybe those goods were so tangible that they were replicated tangibly with good chain, chain of custody, right? And just disseminated to tons of places. Maybe they got it at their house and say, oh shit, is that you? Oh, sticky face, you know, stuff like that. I'm just saying, these are all hypotheticals. These are all hypotheticals, right? Cause like what kind of person would send you like a picture, right? Of your closet <laughs> of the day it was an operation. And then you a couple months before, you know, training with video and say, oh shit, is that you? Damn. Here's the geolocation, all the metadata on this shit. I mean, is that you? I mean, who would do that? I mean, I think that would be genius just to piss people off. But who would do that? Like, who would do that? I mean, that would be super insane. Someone that been planning to, you know, take them down for a long time. I'm just saying, allegedly, like, we're just hypothetically speaking, like we're writing a script, right? You know, hypothetically speaking. So you have to ask yourself, if Hillary Clinton was so close, why did they take the route of Russia, 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 and, you know, all that? When there were so many other avenues, they could they could have taken the election fraud thing and just been like, yo. And they could have won it, right? They could have won it because they had all the media on their side. Every single one of them. And whoever didn't comply, would they just be replaced? <laughs> Wait, that guy looks like him. Train him to speak like him. Put him on there. Thank you. I'm just saying, like, makeup goes a long ways. So do drunk Albanians at weddings. Like, you know, that's the way it is. I'm just saying, like, you need to think about it for a second. Why was it? that they didn't contest the elections. Why did they go ahead and do this whole shenanigans? Let's get rid of Flynn first and we'll put him in a box. He's going to give us Trump. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's pay a spy from there and there and there and then spy on them because we got that blackmail. So we're going to use it now, even though it's bullshit. You know, it's like at the end of October when I was hanging out there and McCain and fucking Lindsey Graham were right there. The day that Mother Jones got the stupid PP dossier and they both knew that it was bullshit. Both of them. And we had that idiot from Nevada who hit himself in the face with a TheraBan. They handed it over. You know, the one that actually used to go to brothels to have hookers piss on him. So they just use his story. It's like they got together. Oh, this is, <laughs> I'm just saying. It's just so weird. So weird. And you're standing there and you're listening to them smiling. 
like, shit, I gain weight and you can't tell who I am with this pretty hair. I think my hair was blonde then. Hmm? Or was it gray? I really don't remember. It's, I have to look back at my Instagram and figure it out. So, you know, it's like so insane that these elections were supposedly, oh, Hillary won, but nobody requested an audit, like not even one. Huh. That's so weird. But they did have Jill Stein go full throttle. Do you guys remember that? Right? It's almost as if Jill Stein was trying to figure out how this shit worked. I mean, are you, you know, if, if, if it was my idea, I would have let them try to steal it, not allowed them to steal it in the last minute. And then I'd send someone else in who was another party who would contest it. Do you guys remember off the top of your head what states, you know, Dr. Jill, the Green Party, asked to get a recount? Wasn't it super weird that they went to like places like Michigan and like... So then when you'd go in there, you would do a recount or take a look. And you would see how the recount happens. So then you could mitigate if you can't do it electronically, how would you mitigate? But at the same time, it could be that Stein maybe just like went in there. I would just assume this is not true, I guess, right? This is allegedly we're telling stories. I would totally assume that this was a happenstance that it was done in swing states and non-swing states two swing states per se, right, to see how it works for the Democrats. But in fact, it was to see what mitigation processes do we really need when 2020 comes around for the other. Could have been like a double agent kind of thing. I'm just saying this so weird, allegedly, right? And then you suddenly get all the answers you need just by asking the right questions and being at the right place at the right time. You know, it's just like whatever, right? So weird. So weird. So um, let's let's see what Alex Halderman has to tell us in regards to, hmm, this is him in 2018. You know what? Let's take a quick break because I definitely want to get a drink. So I'm going to go get a drink. We're just going to play a quick song. I know I only have like about 20 minutes left, but let's just take a quick break. And I will be right back so we can see some more of this Halderman guy who doesn't want to, you know, cause trouble or anything. So he wants to keep it under sale, of course, because in wrong hands, it can be explosive. And Dominion, for some reason, is like, yeah, dude, I don't want to see that shit. Nope, nope, nope. Because if I see that shit, then they're going to get it in discovery somewhere else. So I'm not looking at it. And it's like, huh, it's the Internet. Hello. The court systems are on the internet. Hello. I mean, there could be a leak of that stupid report. If we can hack into power grids and steal Bitcoin currency and shut down gas pipes, do you think that there's not going to be a hack or hasn't been a hack that no one talked about or hasn't it been hacked? Where it could, I'm just saying, could be that some people may have read this report. So weird. So let's go to a quick intermission and listen to this and watch this amazing song music video. 
getting crazy, baby, chill. Don't medicate, just meditate. You waking up now, well, baby, you hella late. Educate, look at what's going on, let it resonate, accelerate. Find your inner hunger like you never ate. Agenda is to push the hate. Separate and segregate. Don't celebrate quite yet. The storm is coming. Cue for heaven's sake. Violence that they demonstrate. Instigate and penetrate. The values of our country and our God is what they desecrate. My fighters ain't no featherweight. Pulling out the seams of the fabric that they fabricate. They feed us lies, manipulate, intimidate through fear and force. Forcing us to sit and wait until we come together, congregate, and then we liberate. Praying that you give me strength to find some love amongst the hate. Marching on these streets of blood till I see the golden gates. Troubadour and troubled souls want to God's servants. Blades out, cut the grass till we see the serpent. Oh, one day I hope you see the truth. This puppet show stays on because of you fools. We've been dancing with the devil way too long. I know it's fun, but get ready to pay your dues. Oh, God, come back home. This crazy world is filled with liars and abusers. We need you now before we're too far gone. I hope one day they finally see the truth. God, we need you now. I know the truth is hard to swallow, just digest it. Suspected something's going on, but chose to just neglect it. Deflected by some breaking news, oh, we just accept it. Expected just to fall in line and follow their perspective. Don't question their objective, but I got a lot of questions. How these kids molested, but nobody's been arrested. Read it in the testament, these children are protected. So I'm fighting all these terrorists, both foreign and domestic. Refuse to be directed. Lying out of sheep, only kneel to my God, so I'm dying on my feet. I'm silence when we speak, but there's violence in the street. I've been rolling with the punches, I can't take it on the cheap. Drink from a glass half full, I'm optimistic. People are sadistic, so vicious and malicious. Praying for assistance to overcome my position, or I'm gonna start resisting and then I pray for forgiveness. Oh, one day, I hope you see the truth. This puppet show stays on because of you fools. We've been dancing with the devil way too long. I know it's fun, but get ready to pay your dues. Oh, God, come back home. This crazy world is filled with and abusers. Need you now before we're too far gone. I hope one day they finally see the truth. God, we need you now. We need you now. We need you now. One day This puppet show stays on because of you fools. We've been dancing with the devil way too long. I know it's fun, but get ready to pay your dues. Oh, God, come back home. 
cannot get enough of that song. I freaking love that song. All right. Welcome back, everyone. So um, I am, I just wanted to say, just because I was reading some of the comments, Subscribe Star is my fallback always. But I absolutely love Twitch because we can watch movies. So don't hold that against Amazon because they're getting paid for providing me services. I'm just saying. I love Twitch. Um, I'm just saying. And the longer I have Twitch, the more they scathe and the more they beg Amazon to ban me. And I freaking love it because it's almost as if this leak happened intentionally. I mean, it would be really stupid if someone on the right, like, let's let's hypothetically say Twitch got hacked. But who? Who hacked it? Stop it. It's a hack. So, you know, the person that grosses one and a half million dollars for gaming, right? Plus, they get sponsors and all that shit, Right. No big deal, but they all did hit pieces. I didn't see any hit pieces for anyone else. I'm just saying. It's kind of like someone gave drip drip. This is why I have OnlyFans too. No buttholes. Just undressing the deep state later. Um, but um, Twitch. You know, Amazon sends 1099s um, to people. Um, when they're, you know, when they, when they pay them, like at the end of the year, you get 1099s and you know, that could be it too, but it could be like, Hey, let me, let me help you rather than you make shit up. Let me help you. It could be something like that. You know, um, you know, <laughs> I just, I just can't, I'm just like, so I'm like, damn, it's like, they know. And it's like, yeah, bitches. Oh yeah. No. And that's what's funny because it's like so weird, isn't it? Every time that I'm like about to do something, as you know, some some of the stuff I don't tell you I do, right? But I want to be completely transparent because you know what's fun? I know this sounds super bad, but you guys see it too. You tell them, I'm going to sue you. And they're like, yeah, whatever, right? And then you guys go ahead and do it to your school board, right? They're pissed. And you're just like, I told you, right? I freaking told you. It's, it's, it's fun sometimes when you see the bad people running and they're like, you're not going to get me. And it's like, watch this train wreck. Let me tell you how it's going to happen. It's like this, you lose, look, and I'm going to do this. And then you do it. And then you see that I'm still doing it. And then you do it. And it's like, we, the people is right there. We're doing it. Boom, boom. And they're watching the train wreck, everything they are doing. They're pissing off their own base. I mean, I told you BLM would be on our side. I mean, it didn't even really take a lot of work. All you have to do is point out a few things and then it's like, boom, there you go. I mean, if, if there was infiltration in federal Zoom calls of federal employees, you think that we can't hang out with Black Lives Matter and Antifa who are not organizations, of course, right? Uh, but Coomer said they were an organization, but he wouldn't know because he wasn't a member of an organization that he thinks isn't an organization. So we got to get that clear, right? So, um, you know, it was so simple. Remember, I did that video how many months ago? Oh, shit. 
And look at that happen. And suddenly, you know, everyone's like, Abbott's right? Before we get to Senate testimony of Alderman, we should watch this. I mean, everyone hates Abbott, but he just banned. He did exactly what my writ of mandamus and the one in Texas says, right? You cannot have these COVID-19 policies in place. It is, well, in Ohio, it's against the Ohio state constitution. So stop. You cause damage all this time, like in the past. So, you know, I want a remedy and the remedy is you uphold your oath and never do it again, which means you can't keep doing it. And here we have Abbott. Just listen. Today, with a political confrontation that has a giant public health impact. A new executive order from Governor Greg Abbott bans any and all businesses in the state from mandating the COVID vaccine. The Republican governor says this. The COVID-19 vaccine is safe, effective, and our best defense against the virus, but should remain voluntary and never forced. This is a full about face for Governor Abbott. Just weeks ago, he said government should not tell private business what to do. But, important but, he's up for re-election next year. And he's thinking about a national run in 2024. This new order now puts him in sync with the anti-mandate right. And it puts him in direct conflict with President Biden. CNN said Lavendera. You mean him making this move means that he's in the majority. He just admitted that the majority of America do not want vaccine mandates. The majority of Americans do not want shit that the left is pushing. He just admitted it without saying it, right? And you know, Texas filed their shit. Good job, Texas, because you just put him on the heels. You're like, do your job. So he's doing his job. He's doing his job. But you know, Paxton's the man, right? I'm just saying, he's doing his job because he wants to save his skin, you know? He was endorsed for now, as long as you're doing your job, right? As long as you're doing your job. Listen to them scathe. Kicks us off today from Dallas and a big move by the governor. Indeed, and he's once again taking it from both sides here as Democrats accusing him of making a politically motivated decision that is going to cost people their lives here in this state. And also, uh, he has been taking a great deal of criticism from the extreme right wing of the Republican Party here. When was it extreme white right wing, right, right wing to defend your rights under the Constitution? Like, what the heck is wrong with this guy? He needs more Twinkies. Wait, they stopped making them. And they started making them again. Do you guys remember that when they stopped making Twinkies and there was like, holy shit. And you could buy like a box of Twinkies for like a thousand dollars on eBay. And now they're making them in different flavors. too. he needs Twinkies here in Texas who have been railing against vaccine mandates. So. Uh, the governor once again kind of stuck in the middle of all of this politically. Uh, and it's clear to a lot of people here in Texas that uh, the, the political motivations behind this is uh, the suspicion that is driving Governor Greg Abbott in this situation. He is facing two primary opponents who have been uh, railing against vaccine mandates. And that's why uh, many people uh, are saying that the, the decisions that we've seen the governor make over the last few weeks is largely based in the political reality that he finds himself in. Just look at the list. Oh, wait, I thought that everybody wanted vaccines. And it's like Lord and Savior Fauci. Oh, are you saying that the majority of America says fuck no? Okay. Of the, the bans that the, the governor here has issued uh, over the last few weeks, obviously uh, banning private employers from vaccine mandates, uh, ban on government vaccine mandates, as well as passport requirements. 
and also uh, affecting school districts. And what is interesting in all of this, John, is if you look at the uh, the political fight that the governor was involved in with school districts across the state over mask mandates as the school year got underway. You saw many school districts who simply ignored the executive orders. There have been lawsuits back and forth, uh, but many. Yeah, there have been because the teachers union are like, bitches, we're going to fire you. You're not getting money. You're not going to be covered. We're going to cut you off. You're not going to have teacher unions anymore. We're going to cut you off. Oh, Want to make a bet? I'm sure that there's some recording somewhere, right? We just need to find it. I don't know. Maybe it'll make its way somewhere. Organizations chose to ignore it. John? Ed Lavender, a very important story. We'll continue to track it in Texas. Let's bring in, uh, for some public health context here, Dr. Lena. Yeah, we don't need public health context at all whatsoever. Let me just show you the resume of this Halderman guy. I just want to show it to you. Looks like a really hot dork. Here we go. I like him. Uh, so he's been teaching his publications. He went to... Uh, you know, he's at the University of Michigan. These are all his papers, right? Talking about infrastructure, security measures. Can voters detect malicious manipulation of ballot marking boxes? Um, he worked with all these people, including Kevin Chang. Very interesting. And best student paper award in San Francisco. They loved it. What happened? Expert report prepared for the state of Michigan. Wait. Hold on. Let's see what that is. That should be interesting. Analysis of Entrum County in Michigan. Discrepancies. Oh, Section 3 firmly. I think this would be enough, right? I'm just saying to, I don't know, you guys in Michigan, maybe we can take a look at these discrepancies they had because I'm pretty sure they had these discrepancies during the elections. I'm just saying this would be kind of mm, school board member. Mm, look at that. Central Lake scanned twice on election day using initial election definition of November 6. Using the revised, the poll tapes from the second scan show a large difference. What? Really large difference, isn't it? So weird. So bizarre, isn't it? Super bizarre because Keith won here but he lost there and what happened with the numbers here this is like really messed up what's going on here there were 508 no's but suddenly they became a thousand yeses it almost sounds like the fraud they did in north dakota when they were pushing measures oh you guys can't see it gosh darn it i'm so dumb sorry maybe if i get more twitch subscribers i can afford better software Thank you, Media Matters. You're going to red pill the shit out of America with that. Okay, so um, here we go. Look at that. Keith Schaefer, 525, won. Keith Schaefer lost. Melanie suddenly got more votes. I mean, they just manifested 800 more votes during this test. I'm just saying, has Michigan used this? This is kind of interesting, the scanner positioning, how it's being done. I mean, he did a thorough report in 2020. It almost looks like a math I did. So weird. So bizarre. One vote's gone. What? So weird. Look at that. This is an analysis from an expert. Have they used this? 
Response to ASOG report. I have reviewed the interim Michigan forensic reports. Revised preliminary dated 13, 2020, prepared by Russell James Rensland. Blah, blah, blah. The report contains an extraordinary number of false and inaccurate and substantiated statements and conclusions, the most serious of which I refute below. Claims regarding adjudication. Okay, because of the way it was done. Claims regarding error and error rates. But he doesn't discount them completely. Okay. It's claims regarding like see, sometimes you have to fight the fighters to make yourself look like their proponents. November 21, 2020, an unauthorized user and this logger, no permission, direct proof, a programmer immediately recognizes zeros, immediately a placeholder, blah, 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 blah. See, the thing is, the people that are investigating these things know about the machines, but they don't, they're not allowed to play with them, right? Claims regarding Venezuela. Listen, I've already covered that regarding security problems, log events, authentication. You know, no one's talking about these routers anywhere. So weird. So weird. Because we'd find a lot. So this is Halderman. Let me take you now to... Um, let me take you to... Where is it? I need to take you to... Is this it? It is. Here we go. Here it is. February 27th, election security, ensuring the integrity of U.S. election systems. February 27th, 2019. 2019, right? A year before the pandemic and when people were supposedly doing their job. This is from C-SPAN. No, this is from the House, right? Yeah, this is from the House Appropriations Committee. Dr. J. Alex Halderman is a professor of computer science and engineering at the University of Michigan and director of Michigan Center for Computer Security and Society. He conducts research on computer security and privacy with an emphasis on problems that broadly impact society and public policy, including electronic voting, and has conducted multiple demonstrations on the vulnerability of these systems to hacking. Mr. Steven Sandvoss is the executive director of the Illinois State Board of Elections, where he has served in that capacity since 2015. He has been with the State Board of Elections for more than 30 years, so he brings a wealth of firsthand experience to his testimony today. I want to thank you all for being here today and look forward to your testimony. Without objection, your written statements will be entered into the rectum. With that in mind, we would like to ask you to please summarize your opening statement in three minutes. Mr. Rosenbach, you're now recognized for three minutes for your opening statement. Uh, thank you, Chairman Quigley, Ranking Member Graves, for the invitation to join your subcommittee today. <clears throat> it's an honor to be here to speak with you about our nation's cybersecurity and the integrity of our election systems. Also, I'd like to thank you for your service and thank you for being with such good witnesses. Mr. Sandvoss, in particular, state election officials are on the front lines of defending democracy, and it's been a pleasure to work with them over the past several years. Imagine, if you can, that we discovered during the Cold War that Soviet intelligence operatives had gained access to polling places and vote counting machines and attempted to change the outcome of our nation's election. Imagine if Soviet spies had infiltrated our nation's newspapers and television stations and tricked them into publishing false content and divided Americans and, and inflamed political tensions. Would President Reagan have stood by and debated the threat, or would he have acted? This should not be a partisan issue. As Congressman Graves said, our democracy has been attacked and continues to be attacked. Now is the time for the country to unify and come together and act 
not after we watch the Russians or the Iranians or the North Koreans try to disrupt the 2020 presidential election. As you, remember, you mentioned, uh, Mr. Chairman, the worldwide threat assessment highlighted the persistent threat of foreign interference in the elections in 2020. The assessment assures us, and I agree, that our adversaries are already planning how to disrupt the 2020 elections. With this in mind, I have three areas in which I believe Congress should focus, and of the three, I'll focus on the first. Bolstering domestic defenses and resilience, developing precise and legal offensive cyber operations, and adopting a clear public deterrence posture. First, Congress should authorize an appropriate regular ongoing federal funding focused on improving the security of our elections. The $380 million approved by Congress last year was an extremely important first step. However, the states need a dependable force source of funding to support the cybersecurity of paper-backed electronic voting systems. It should be very flexible, but tied to the NIST framework. Second, Congress should pass a comprehensive privacy regulation law that protects Americans' personal data and information from abuse both by leading tech firms and nation-state intelligence organizations from Russia and China. Finally, Congress should also immediately pass regulation to ensure that online platforms such as Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube are not used as tools of foreign influence. Let's be honest. Facebook's disregard for America's privacy represents a significant national security vulnerability to our democracy. If they won't act, you must. Finally, the two other areas in which I think you should devote your attention are on developing precise legal options. As Congressman Graves mentioned, Cybercom, in particular, if you read the Washington Post yesterday, has started a more aggressive posture, which I believe is very important. We can't sit back and just take blows. Finally, the country needs a clear deterrent posture that shows our adversaries that we won't just be on the receiving end of these attacks, that we'll be more assertive, and that we'll unify as a country. Thank you, sir, very much. Thank you, Mr. Rosenbach. You seem to have a very attentive fan in the audience. Uh, Dr. Haldeman. Chairman Quigley, Ranking Member Graves, and distinguished members, thank you for the opportunity to address this urgent matter of national security. Three years ago, America's election infrastructure was attacked. Hackers targeted voter registration systems, and in some states, had the ability to destroy registration data, which would have caused chaos at the polls. We were spared only because attackers chose not to pull the trigger. Next time, th <laughs> look, he's, <laughs> I can't, I can't. It's really good what he said. Really good what he said. But it wasn't hackers. It was them themselves. But here's where I want to go to. I want to go to this testimony before we go. Because tomorrow there is no show. I'm traveling. <sighs> Which, by the way, I actually have to pack as well. I'm so dumb. I can't believe I do this to myself last minute. I never have time to finish stuff on time. Like, like I said, I'm going to be late to my own funeral for sure. Here we go. Chairman Burr, Vice Chairman Warner, and members of the committee, thank you for inviting me to speak with you today about the security of U.S. elections. I'm a professor of computer science and have spent the last 10 years studying the electronic voting systems that our nation relies on. My conclusion from that work is that our highly computerized election infrastructure is vulnerable to sabotage 
and even to cyber attacks that could change votes. These realities risk making our election results more difficult for the American people to trust. I know America's voting machines are vulnerable because my colleagues and I have hacked them repeatedly as part of a decade of research studying the technology that operates elections and learning how to make it stronger. We've created attacks that can spread from machine to machine like a computer virus and silently change election outcomes. We've studied touchscreen and optical scan systems, and in every single case, we've found ways for attackers to sabotage machines and to steal votes. These capabilities are certainly within reach for America's enemies. As you know, states choose their own voting technology. And while some states are doing well with security, others are alarmingly vulnerable. This puts the entire nation at risk. In close elections, an attacker can probe the most important swing states or swing counties, find areas with the weakest protection, and strike there. In a close election year, changing a few votes in key uh, localities could be enough to tip national results. The key lesson from 2016 is that these threats are real. We've heard that Russian efforts to target voter registration systems um, struck 21 states, and we've seen reports detailing efforts to spread an attack from an election technology vendor to local election offices. Attacking vendors and municipalities could have put Russia in a position to sabotage equipment on election day, causing machines or poll books to fail and causing long lines or disruption. You know what's so weird? The 2016 elections, who was in the machines? Oh, that's right. Homeland Security. Uh-huh. Specifically. <laughs> so it wasn't Russians, according to Georgia, where he filed his sealed declaration, where Georgia was hacked by, oh, it wasn't hacked. They were just in our machines taking a look around. I thought the machines weren't connected to the internet. How did they enter the machines? So weird. But it's Russians, of course. They could have engineered this chaos to have a partisan effect by striking places that lean heavily towards one candidate. Some say the fact that voting machines aren't directly connected to the Internet makes them secure, but unfortunately, this is not true. Voting machines are not as distant from the Internet as they may seem. Before every election, they need to be programmed with races and candidates. That programming is created on a desktop computer then transferred to voting machines. If Russia infiltrated these election management computers, it could have spread a vote-stealing attack to vast numbers of machines. I don't know how far Russia got um, uh, or whether they managed to interfere with equipment on election day, but there's no doubt that Russia has the technical ability to commit widespread attacks against our voting system, as do other hostile nations. I agree with James Comey uh, when he warned here two weeks ago, we know they're coming after America and they'll be back. We must start preparing now. Fortunately, there's a broad consensus among cybersecurity experts about measures that would make America's election infrastructure much harder to attack. I've co-signed a letter that I've entered into the record from over 100 leading computer scientists, security experts, and election officials that recommends three essential steps. First, we need to upgrade obsolete and vulnerable voting machines, such as paperless touchscreens, and replace them with optical scanners that count paper ballots. Uh, this is a technology that 36 states already use. 
Paper provides a physical record of the vote that simply can't be hacked. President Trump made this point well on Fox News the morning after uh, the morning of the election. He said, there's something really nice about the old paper ballot system. You don't worry about hacking. Second, we need to use the paper to make sure that the computer results are right. This is a common sense quality control, and it should be routine. Using what's known as a risk-limiting audit, officials can check a small random sample of the ballots to quickly and affordably provide high assurance that the election outcome was correct. Only two states, Colorado and New Mexico, currently conduct audits that are robust enough to reliably detect cyber attacks. Lastly, we need to harden our systems against sabotage and raise the bar for attacks of all sorts by conducting comprehensive threat assessments and applying cybersecurity best practices to the design of voting equipment and the management of elections. These are affordable fixes. Replacing insecure paperless voting machines nationwide would cost $130 to $400 million. Running risk-limiting audits nationally for federal elections would cost less than $20 million a year. These amounts are vanishingly small compared to the national security improvement they'd buy. State and local election officials have an extremely difficult job, even without having to worry about cyber attacks by hostile governments. But the federal government can make prudent investments to help them secure elections and uphold voters' confidence. We all want election results that we can trust. If Congress works closely with the states, we can upgrade our election infrastructure in time for 2018 and 2020. But if we fail to act, I think it's only a matter of time until a major election is disrupted or stolen in a cyber attack. Thank you for the opportunity to testify today and for your leadership on this critical matter. I look forward to answering any questions. Okay, so he's so pretty, right? He is pretty. And he's so well-spoken and he is totally drinking the Kool-Aid and which is, you know, what's cool, right? Is that it works in our favor because we're not saying... Uh, you know, that that you have to like this person or that. I'm more miffed, okay, about the judges that are coming in, the school boards, the county commissioners, and stuff like that than anything else. But I thought we should laugh because I have been so out of tune and so busy. And you guys know I have my hand on the pulse for everything. But I was kind of like, all right, there's something going on because the Southwest pilot said, let's go, Brandon. So I was talking to my lawyer who's representing me for my Dominion case, and he played it over the phone. That's how sad it is that I can't <laughs> even watch it because I was that busy today. Day in the life of Tori. <laughs> um, you would not like it. Like, uh, you know, I actually wanted to turn up to my meeting tomorrow and be like, you see this white hair? Yeah. I couldn't even have time to go to a hairdresser to get it done. So I'm going to take the risk and do it out of the box and risk having a black forehead. Just saying. But I did think of doing that because someone amazing who is a, <laughs> a moderator on the channel told me that you should just show it and say, look, you see this It's because of all the work I do. All right. So here we go. I don't know if everybody knows what the Brandon is, but we got to listen to it. I mean, I heard it over the phone and died. I was like, who would have thought that that says, let's go, Brandon. It clearly says F Biden. But listen. Thank you to all of our partners. Oh my God, it's just such an unbelievable moment. Brandon, you also told me, as you can hear the chants from the, the crowd, let's go, Brandon. Brandon, you told me you were going to kind of hang back those first two stages and just watch and learn. What did you learn that helped you there in those closing laps? Oh my God, it was, uh, 
learning how each line didn't uh, stay to one and everything shifted top to bottom so much that it was kind of like, okay, let's just stay patient where we're at. And hope Wait, we got to listen to that shit again. I don't know how she heard, let's go, Brandon. I totally heard F Joe Biden. And how did she get, let's go, Brandon, from this? This is just hilarious. Like, okay, either she's like a super troll or she's like, it's one of those things. Have you seen him on TikTok? You hear the word that you read. Have you come across that? It's kind of like that. So she doesn't want to hear anything that makes her ears bleed. So she heard, let's go, Brandon, rather than, F Joe Biden, right? Let's just, just look at this. Oh my God, it's just such an unbelievable moment. Brandon, you also told me, as you can hear the chants from the, the crowd, let's go Brandon. Brandon, you told me you were gonna kind of hang back those first two stages and just watch and learn. What did you learn that helped you there in those closing laps? Oh my God, it was uh, learning how each line didn't, uh, state of one and everything shifted top to bottom so much that it was kind of like okay let's just stay patient where we're at and hope like how did the guy keep a straight face because you definitely know he heard fuck joe biden and not let's go brandon like you you could see his face his eyes were just like what okay i'm just gonna roll with this because i'm having a moment right here and the dude's name is brandon he's like i don't know so someone just said common core hearing yes yes this is what happened do you remember the movie 1984 kind of like that remember how many fingers do you see how many fingers do you see you can't hear that so you hear anything else do you see what i'm trying to say here right uh so <laughs> let's go brandon <laughs> i just couldn't believe this out okay i was like Hey, just give me the skinny on this because I've been so out of the loop with like stuff that's, you know, parked. Tell me what, why the Southwest pilot said, let's go, Brandon. And he was like, you didn't hear it. Are you kidding me? And I was like, I haven't looked into it because I don't have the bandwidth for that information. I've got so much other stuff I'm working on. Tell me. And so he played it and I was like, wait, stop. What? This is conditioning, though. This is terrifying. Think about it. This woman is in a crowd. So either one, she's master troll, like our Q exhibit, right? <laughs> that was like super bait, like ding, ding. It's kind of like that commercial for insurance with the fisherman with the dollar. Ooh, you almost got it. I left that there. Super bait. But the the question that you should be asking yourself is, what if it wasn't trolling, Right. And she literally heard that just, that's just how far gone these people are. Think about it. That is just how far gone these people are. That should terrify the shit out of you. Okay. Terrify the shit out of you. So I hear that there may be a Halloween special coming. That's video uh, pay-per-view or something. I don't know, but it might be coming out soon. It's not for me, of course or else I tell you, that's what I'm doing. But I mean, it's a freaky Halloween and we're gonna have a lot of stuff happening within the next two weeks. It's gonna be flipping stuff on their head. Hence why they're so upset. Hence why people listening into my calls and watching me sit on the toilet, which by the way, I just got my stickers from Amazon to cover my camera because it's a little bit creepy. Um, they um, may have preemptively done what they did to attack me because they know what's coming. So this is gonna be fun. We're the news guys. We are the news and we're not only the news talking about it, 
opining about it, laughing about it, and crying about it. But we are actioning the news. We are now in the driver's seat, all of us. It's a time to put that pedal to the metal and get that going, right? We need to get this done. And we are. You'll see. God bless everyone. Okay, guys, I wanted to say something. I wanted to say something. Okay, so the news just came out that the AG of Arizona, okay, um, is actually looking into, uh, (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm going to start the song over again when I go, but I had to. Okay, the AG of Arizona is actually looking into the steel, but I want to read to you a comment that I made to someone that you guys love and adore, um, and I'm not going to say their name because it's a private conversation. Um, So I said in the text, I said something like, um, yes, uh, is I wanted to say something about the AG of Arizona. I said, yeah, her. And then they were like, him, Mark Rumbich. Oh, yeah, him, him, low, pronouns and all. Misgendering, cis, normal, heterosexual. That was the response that I got from the person because I... I said her instead of him because I was also working on the thing in Colorado. So it was my fault um, because she was on my mind. And so the secretary of state um, that I was thinking about and the AG and all these things. So I was confused. Yeah. Her and nope, him, you are a misgendering cis, normal heterosexual. So I thought I could tell you that someone that you guys watch, um, you, you you share their content, they're pretty up there, right? Big persona. That's what they called me because I used the wrong pronouns. So it was super funny and I wanted to share that. I so wanted to share that. So anyway, great job, Arizona. I'm really excited. They can't stop what's coming. They really can't stop what's coming. Okay, so now I'm going to go now because i got to pack my bags night-night because I, I, I'm traveling tomorrow. I will post pictures at some point. Bye. Paranoia is in bloom. The PR transmissions will resume. They'll try to push drugs to keep us all dumbed down and hope that we will never see the truth around Another promise, another seed, another package lie to keep us trapped in greed. You see the green belt wrapped around our minds, endless red tape to keep the truth confined.